from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham. Welcome to Career Talk, your career insider here on Business Radio. Hey, we are powered by the Wharton School and we are on Sirius XM Channel 111. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. I am the career director for the MBA for Executives here in Philadelphia. I'm here with the dream team, Michelle Stucker and the one and only Dion. Um, and we are excited about today's show for many, many reasons, but we are taking your calls right now. At 844 Wharton. That's 844-942-7866. So if you have a question, Michelle is ready to take your calls. And hey, Michelle, how was your birthday weekend? It was a lot of fun, I have to say. I saw uh, a lot of Philly and showed my family around. They were in town for the birthday. So it was good. It was a good weekend. Very cool. Very cool. So. Okay, so before we get started, though, I'm super excited because I have an email that I wanted to share with any with everybody because it just made my day. So, hey, hi, Dr. Graham. This is Joe in Kansas City, Missouri. You took my call last week on Career Talk. Your show is exceptional. And, hey, I got the job I called in about. I am moving to Chicago next week. Go, Joe. Hey, if you've oh, I love that. If you've had a success story, we would love to hear about it here on Career Talk. That's eight four four Warden. That's eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. You can also tweet at Dr. Don Graham. So we are going to get into today's topic, which is everything below the radar. So the stealth job search, the hidden job market, how to spot those red flags before you accept a job that isn't good for you, and all fun things under the radar. So, hey, to do that, we are welcoming back Raymond Lee, who is the founder and CEO of Career Minds, which is a virtual outplacement company launched in 2008 and with over 18 years of human resources, outplacement, and career consulting experience. Raymond pioneered the concept of virtual outplacement. He's also authored several articles in the areas of HR outplacement and severance, and we're so excited to have him in studio today. Welcome back. Awesome. Thanks, Don, for having me. So excited, and it's so cold out. Yeah. It's beautiful. I'm looking outside the window now, and it's, what, two feet of snow? Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> it's it's eight feet, and we had to climb uphill to get here. So so tell tell the listeners a little bit about what Career Minds does. So from a job per- search perspective, Career Minds, we're an outplacement company, and we work with organizations who, after going through a downsizing and having to let their employees go, we work with their employees to find jobs. And so we're taking them from the point of separation uh, to the point where they're like Joe. They land in a new job and they're super excited. That must be super rewarding. It is. Absolutely. So it's interesting because, you know, we're talking about all things under the radar. I feel like we're like we're career coach spies today. We're, we're, we're sharing all those insider secrets. One of the things that keeps coming across my desk in all the blogs that I read is that the unemployed are, are getting significantly discriminated against in the job market that you know the second that that hr or the hiring manager you know finds out that somebody's not working all of a sudden that they look at that as a red flag is that what you're seeing it is um yeah so when someone's let go from a company and they're in that transition period a lot of times people will get the severance package and they feel like wow this is a comfort for me I can take some time off and maybe go to the beach. And we actually advise people that as soon as they leave, take that severance and put it away and then start going right after your job search. Because it is realistic that the longer you wait or the longer it takes, companies start to think, well, geez, is there something wrong with this person? It's Mm -hmm. now six months and... Yikes! What what uh, what's what's going on there? And so you have to really be aware of that. Yeah. So what is there a magic time frame? I mean, you know, you should be able to go to the beach for a week, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> well, you can essentially apply for jobs and and do anywhere in, in this day and age from anywhere. So, eight percent um, of people do it in the bathroom on their cell phones. Uh, oh, I read really? that stat. Yeah, I bet you didn't know that. Hmm. I have to maybe give that a whirl. <laughs> 
Um, but anyway, I, don't, I completely forgot what I was going to say. say yeah, that again. I know. I'm sorry. That kind of came <laughs> out of nowhere. I, me and my, my stats, sometimes my brain just files through and flips something out. No, we were talking about, is there a magic time period of like, okay, so maybe six months, companies are starting to think, oh, there's something potentially wrong with this candidate. And I mean, I mean, is there an acceptable amount of time where you don't have to even worry about that? It depends. I mean, if you're, it depends on what you're looking for, your skill set. If you're in a niche kind of industry or job function, it may take some time because of, you know, where you're located and what you're doing. But hey, the good news is right now we're at the lowest unemployment we've been at in a while and the job market is very active and the people that we're working with, we're finding a lot of activity. So we're not actually seeing that issue like we did back in 2009, 2010 timeframe. But I would say, under six months is typical. I mean, a usual transition for someone that's unemployed is generally around 12 weeks, maybe, you know, two and a half months. But by the six-month period, usually executives, it's going to take you six to 12 months. So exactly. if you're yeah. a CFO, CEO, or or at the executive level, you can pretty much guarantee it's going to be a six-month process. But if you're more of a professional level, recent college grad, I'd say two to three months is usually what we see. Okay. So, hey, if you've got a question on the hidden job market or maybe you've been out of work and struggling to, to, to get back into it, we want to help you today. We're taking your calls right now at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. And we're talking all about everything under the radar in the job search and how to find it out. So, okay, let's talk about some strategies then that if you are unemployed, whether, um, you know, it was it was your choice to leave your job or if you were in the, in the midst of a layoff, how do you explain this this to employers? I mean, there's a couple of things. First, you have to get your foot in the door. And we know networking is the best strategy. But if you let's just say you have a gap on your resume. I mean, are there certain strategies people can use to kind of mask that that don't scream like, okay, I'm not working? Absolutely. So what we see, especially for people that are over the age of, say, 50 or 55, and they've been with the company forever, we, re- we recommend that you go into sort of this consultative type of mode where mm-hmm. if you're a specialist in an industry, put on your resume that you're an independent consultant or even that you're working as a consultant uh, providing services. You don't even have to get paid for it. You know, mm-hmm. if you're a CFO, maybe you're helping someone do some financial modeling within their startup and put that on your resume that you're working for that company. So you can kind of present yourself as if you're currently working. You want to just make sure that people see that you're in the game. Mm-hmm. And and so that seems to work a lot with people. So it doesn't matter if it's if it's a full-time thing or a part-time thing or even a volunteer thing. I mean, just the fact that you're active, you're out Absolutely. there, you're, you're networking, you're growing your skills. And the gig economy, I mean, that's the thing nowadays. Absolutely. Everybody's yep. getting involved in the gig economy. And I think that's a great thing for people who have um, or are concerned about that gap because it's pretty common nowadays to say, hey, you know, I took this six-month consulting project and – you know, that's what I decided to do and really figure out what I wanted as a next step. Absolutely. You can use that to your advantage. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So you're you're actually um, saying and I love saying this to to employers like if, who ask that question. So, you know, um, let's just say I got laid off. So, yeah, our companies merged. My role was impacted and I wanted to take this as an opportunity to really think about where my skills would be best utilized in the market. So I took some time, did some consulting. I mean, because it makes you sound planful. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the difference between, you know, the the bias. If you sound planful, if you sound like, hey – you know, I took this as an opportunity and I can roll with the punches. Who wouldn't want to hire you? Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. Hey, if you're listening, you've got a question. Maybe you've been out of work, struggling to get back in. Maybe you're wondering if some of the jobs you're applying to are really everything they look like on paper. Or maybe you just have a general career question that you've always wanted to ask us. We'd love to take your call. And we're taking your calls all hour. If it's Thursday at noon Eastern time, 9 a.m. Pacific, we are live at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. Michelle, the recovering birthday girl, is waiting to take your calls. And we are here today with Raymond Lee, who is the CEO of Career Minds, which is a virtual outplacement company launched in 2008. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. And you know what? Tomorrow is actually St. Patrick's Day. So are, are you Irish? I am not. Okay. But I know a little bit about the Irish. All right. Well, let's see. Let's see. (laughs) I love that. It's a challenge. All right. True or false? True or false, Raymond? St. Patrick was actually born in Britain, not Ireland. False. True. You're not that Irish. 
(laughs) (laughs) He was actually born in Britain and then somehow migrated his way to Ireland and, you know, just claimed that as his home. All right. All right. I'm going to give you one more shot. I'm going to give you one more shot to redeem, right, let's go redeem with it. yourself. <clears throat> the largest... Wait, hold on. Let me get my phone out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, this All right, is... go ahead. All right, I'm just going to clarify. With I did not know any of these things before about an hour ago. Right, you're looking really smart, and I'm looking like an idiot. Yeah, go ahead. I'm I'm clarifying that the only reason I know this is because of the internet okay, go and ahead. Google. So, all right, here you go. Second one, true or false? The largest St. Patrick's Day parade is in Chicago. False. Ooh, all right. That's right. But New where York. is it? Yes. All right. All right. You're, you're, all right. We'll, we'll give you that. Um, okay. I have one more, and this is not true or false. So I only know that, by the way, because my first time meeting my wife's parents, they live in New York, and we went to the New York St. Patrick's Day, and I was like, wow, this is probably the biggest parade I've ever seen in my life. But you, have you seen the Chicago one? No. So you had no comparison point. Well, it's that's called fake news. It's all over. Like, oh, don't geez. don't be spreading Here that. Here we go. <laughs> but I can tell you because I googled it that it is true. Because you know, if it's on the internet, it's true. Right. You heard it here first. (laughs) Hey, you're listening to Career Talk. We're taking your calls all hour at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. We are here with Raymond Lee, and we're going to go to Bobby in California. Bobby, welcome to Career Talk. How can we help you today? Uh, Hey, Don. Thanks for having me on the the show. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at at, uh, making a shift uh, within industries. I'm still – I'm in sales right now. And I want to dive from one in, uh, one side of that industry to another, uh, and I just want to see what are some what are some ways to maybe jump into that arena. Okay, so you're in sales, and where do you want to jump? And what industry are you in? Just curious. Outdoor industry, so outdoor sporting industries. Okay. And I want to get into tech. Ooh, mm-hmm. so you're making a functional and industry change. You you're officially a double switcher. Is that right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He's staying in sales. Oh, he's staying in sales. He wants to go from selling retails to selling software. That's why we have Raymond here, so he can keep me on track. So, okay, so you're you're perfect. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, so you're staying in sales, and you want to um, change from outdoor sports to tech. Got it. Now that we're straight. Correct. All right, Raymond, tell him how to do it. Uh, All right. So I have a couple (laughs) more questions. So are you? is so you want to stay in sales? How many years have you been in the industry that you're in today? Uh, just shy of six years. Okay, that's not bad. And um, and you want to jump into software sales? Why do you want to do that? I'm just curious. Uh, just opportunity. I feel like I kind of hit my ceiling where I'm at, and I'm planning the next three, five, you know, to ten years. And I, I just don't see the opportunity in the industry I'm in right now. All right. That makes sense. And so the industry that you're going to, do you know you know anything about it? Uh, bare bones. Bare bones. Why did, you, you, why did you pick it? Yeah, that's a great question. Thank you, Ray. Uh, I live in the Silicon Valley, and I have a lot of a lot, networking-wise, I know a lot of people uh, that work with larger companies, uh, and I see the opportunity there. So, so market. I, you're looking at the market, and there's a need in the market. And geography. Correct. You want to stay in the Silicon Valley area. Correct. Well, so, you know, the, the fact that you're staying in sales, you know, whether you're selling um, snow to an Eskimo or you're selling software to an organization who's looking at buying software, um, I think you want to just get educated in the market. I think you have to just talk with salespeople uh, who are selling in that industry and become familiar with, um, the the products that they're selling and and be knowledgeable of them and essentially you have to just start networking with people that are in that industry and be able to speak their language and understand everything sales within software and it's anything from you know who the buyer is what's the market what's the product what's the sales cycle and understand you know what are the objections that you're going to face and how you're going to overcome those objections. Um, you just have to really immerse yourself in there. And the only way I would say to do that is just being able to just start networking with people and, and understanding what their challenges are and, and what the business challenges are. And and once you get a good grasp and you're confident, then you can start going in. And I wouldn't just start interviewing. You really need to be 
it sounds like you need to do a little bit more homework and start doing some informational interviewing versus job interviewing, where you start learning about that industry. And it may even be go to some of those tech trade shows and go around and talk to the sales reps as they're at their booths and, you know, and and hear what they're doing and, and, and network with them. And I think that's a great place to start. Yeah, really immerse yourself in the world, Bobby. I have, I have two questions for you. So one, how did you get into outdoor sports sales? Like, what, what, how did you pick that industry? Uh, well, I was in the automotive industry, and the it just wasn't necess- it didn't have the positive environment. So I just needed uh, it, at that point in my life I needed a change, and the outdoor industry was something that I've always been into. So I just started applying at different companies and uh, got a couple calls back, callbacks, and that's pretty much where I started. So I guess I'm wondering, um, like, just kind of as a transition point. Uh, in the outdoor sports world is I mean everything's going tech nowadays everything has a technology component so are there products maybe that are a good transition so something like I don't know I'm just a GPS or other I'm, I'm not a, an outdoor I'm kind of an indoor girl but um, <laughs> so <laughs> just just kind of things that have gone tech that would be something you would know about um, and would be a nice transition into you know a broader technology the other thing question I have for you Bobby is um, how you know what kind of stats do you have in your previous six years I mean do you have some like you know highest salesperson of the year I mean do you have some stellar results that you can share with the new employer Oh, absolutely! Yeah, my my uh, my ramp up, and that was that's the the other driver on why I'm looking at making another shift is because I did that, you know, five six years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, totally switching industries from auto to outdoors, and yeah, in that in that short period, I've been able to ramp up to where yeah, I'm actually leading, um, you know, the biggest territory and the largest accounts within my company. So. It's awesome. It, you know. Yeah, that's going like to be your yeah, that's your ticket. So I agree with Raymond. I think you need to spend a little bit more time getting specific about the type of technology and um, you know, kind of that plan A solidifying it. I mean, the market is good, you're right. It's a it's you know, you're thinking long term. I think that's good. So now you got to really say, okay, the tech field is pretty broad. Where um, do I specifically want to be? And maybe there's some of those transitional products that are that are kind of outdoor automotive that have that tech component that might be a good place to start. But then talking about how you went from zero to 60 in your sales, you know, moving into a new industry. I mean, anybody's going to want to hear that because if you can do that in one industry, chances are you can do it in another and those results will speak. Because here's the thing, any employer who hires you want you to sell and <laughs> that's it if you can sell you know as, as Raymond said would you say snow to an Eskimo well, that'd be pretty impressive yeah um <laughs> if you can sell they're gonna want you so I or think maybe it's water what? I can't remember oh I <laughs> I think it's snow um so Bobby we digress but thank you for giving us a call on career talk I think sales is one of those skill sets that if you have I mean the world is your oyster I mean communication dealing with different types of people um I mean it's so many, so many skills that translate into a lot of different different industries, different functions. So good luck to you, Bobby. Call us back and let us know how it goes. Hey, if you've got a question on your job search or something to do with the stealth hidden market or how to conduct a job search if you're already working, which is something that apparently employers want you to do, um, not the employers you're working with, the employers you're seeking. Mm-hmm. You can give us a call at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. I was going to ask. Um, oh, you I was have a wondering, question. Well, I was wondering. I wanted to ask Bob this, but I don't want to get off track. But I wonder if he took the job because he's into, like, hunting and he got a discount. Like, a lot of people get into an industry about because of the benefits and not necessarily think about it as from a career perspective. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, so you're, you're you know, you work at Target because you get... Yeah. 20% off kind of thing. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. He sounded really passionate about about kind of the sales and yeah. the product. Uh, are you a hunter? No. I don't. Whew, yeah. Good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the end of that would be the end of us, Raymond. <laughs> so, okay. So, all right, really quickly cuz I was going to ask you a, a third question to sure. prove your oh, your okay. your Irish. Um, okay, which <laughs> this may be an interesting one. Which traditional musical instrument was adopted as a logo by Guinness? Ooh. 
You, you know, this is like um the harp. Woo! Ding, ding, ding. So either you're you are friendly to the Irish or you drink a lot of Guinness. I'm, I love. Yes, I'm I, I I saw sure. the logo, but I thought it was on there. They have a beer called Harp, isn't it? Uh, you're asking the wrong girl. Right. I don't know. Anybody? Dion, Michelle? No, no, no one knows. Uh, hey, Suny in North Carolina. Welcome. Two for three. I love it. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. There's more. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> Suny in North Carolina. Welcome to Career Talk. What's on your mind today? Well, you guys were just discussing whether you sell snow to an Eskimo or mm-hmm. water this to an guy. Eskimo. And the, the correct thing is you sell ice to an Eskimo. Oh, so we're ice, both wrong. Oh. If you can sell ice to an Eskimo, you can sell anything. All right. Mm. So let's. So how do you sell ice to an Eskimo, Suni? Well, um, the first thing you have to do is to, uh, to tell him the value of uh, whatever that ice may be. Uh, I would begin by by telling him, you know, the ice that you see around you is so bland. It would be nice <laughs> to have some colorful ice. <laughs> mine is tie-dyed ice, and why wouldn't you mine, want? <laughs> mine is tie-dyed. It's cancer. It does everything. It's not just ice anymore, my friend. So. <laughs> there you go. It's all about. It's awesome. all about the upgrade. It's Love all about it. the upgrade. The upgrade well, is the upgrade. Fantastic. It's a new Enjoy and latest thing. <laughs> Thanks for giving Thanks. us a call, Zuni. Thanks for listening to Career Talk. We love being corrected. At least I love, I love being I corrected. Yeah, ice, mind. ice to an Eskimo. We will never forget that. <laughs> You're listening to Career Talk. We're taking your calls all hour at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we are here with Raymond Lee, founder and CEO of Career Minds, Frank in Connecticut. Welcome. How can we help you today? Hi, thanks. This is uh, more for my son. He's 19 years old, um, graduated high school, but not currently in college. And uh, we're really stressing, as you can imagine, to get a job. And uh, it's hard to get him to go out there and look. And what I seem to be running into is he's going to places and getting names, and they say they're interested, but they're kind of medium or regionally large chains, and everybody's saying, well, you have to apply online. So it's kind of giving him a buy, and I think if you apply online, you don't hear anything for weeks. So any tricks in this digital employing with younger people, how to kind of get past that and talk to somebody or do you just mm-hmm. have to stand in line or how do you follow up with something? Yeah, so um, really good question. And that is that is the case um, with anybody who networks now, Raymond, is like, yeah, you have to apply online. Um, and, and there's a reason, Frank, that that's the case is because they do track their, their stats regarding applicants and all that stuff. So, I mean, there's a purpose to that. But, um, but yeah, so is there a particular type of industry or types of jobs your son is looking for? Not really. I mean, he's, you know, he's a teenager, he's 19, but he's he's smart and all, but he's not highly motivated. He doesn't really want to, I don't know, he's looking perhaps in retail or, you know, food industry, things like that. You know, basic starting level jobs. He's good with people, but, you know, he doesn't have a lot of experience. So he's going to, you know, stores like Target and PetSmart and Chopped and, you know, places like that. And uh, the managers seem to like him, but it seems to be that. And then he just wants to stay home and do it online. And I just, being old school, I think you got to go out and meet people. Or how do you follow up if you send in an application online to a local store? And what's the autonomy of the local managers? How do they push that through and actually pull out the application from the mm-hmm. the large system? And I just don't right. know how to tell them to follow up. Or where, if it's better to do it online or go out first and then apply online, or is there any trick to getting past that wall? Yep. Well, and I have to tell you, so... It's there. I'm old school too, and definitely you need to be visual. You need to follow up. You can't. You can't. We tell job seekers every day: you got to get out of the house. You got to get from behind your computer and get out there. Um, uh, this is a really tough one. You know, your, your kid's not very motivated, and you know, maybe maybe you got to say, "Look, um, you're going to start paying for rent next month because I'm not doing it anymore," or something to kind of like put some fire underneath them and you know say hey what do you want to do and and um and and yeah i think the follow up is really important and and it's that's that's key one of the things um you mentioned frank that he's not having a lot of um luck with the bigger stores i mean what about trying uh you're in connecticut i'm not sure like if you have a lot of local like you know local hardware store local pet store local um stores where they're not probably posting online but they they more 
are often than not putting a help wanted sign in there waiting for somebody to walk in. And I'm not sure if your son is, you know, going to these places, you know, dressed up as if he's going to interview. I'm not saying a suit. I mean, that would be overkill. But, you know, going in, making your your, your best impression, having a resume, um, you know, having prepared questions and answers and things of that nature. But I mean, I think you do really need to walk into these places as if you're you're potentially going to interview because you never know who's going to grab you and, and say, okay, let's let's chat for 10 minutes. Um, you know, the other places that, that tend to do that too are local restaurants and yep. um, places. So, I mean, I think maybe instead of the big chains as a place to start, as a place to just gain experience and, you know, start networking. And so he has something solid to put on his on his application, because here's the challenge. If he doesn't have that much work experience when you do the application. If they have an applicant tracking system, he might get weeded out or they just might, you know, look at it and say, well, this guy doesn't really have any experience yet. So maybe starting smaller in those local companies where you do just walk in, maybe fill out some paperwork and and then have them say, okay, you know, can you start next Saturday? Let's see how this goes. Get a year or two, and then when he applies to those maybe larger companies, at least his resume will have something to back up his experience. So that would be that would be my um, first thought to get his foot in the door, get something on the resume, and then I think in a year or two he'll have something that the bigger stores will see and value and want. So and, thank you, and lean on friends and family as well from a networking perspective. I mean, don't underestimate. Your own personal contacts, they can help get your foot in the door as well. Yep, exactly. I mean, you might um, you might know somebody, Frank, who has, a, you know, a, who knows, a construction business or, you know, landscaping or something like that. Hey, he can he can maybe do that for a couple of years. And that's, you know, again, getting your foot in the door and getting some stuff on that resume. So thank you so much for giving us a call on Career Talk. We are here for you all hour. If it's Thursday, 844-WHARTON, that's 844 Seven eight six six, and we're going to go to Steve, also in Connecticut. Steve, welcome to Career Talk. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Yeah, uh, my son's graduating in two months with a degree in health studies, and he's found a very good website for government jobs that allows him to screen and look for jobs that where there, he doesn't have a lot of experience. So it allows you to screen for those entry level jobs, but for private sector jobs, uh, he's having a hard time. Uh, being able to find a good resource, whether it be online or uh, some sort of a, a firm that helps with placement that uh, assists with entry-level jobs. Uh, he's got summer job experience and maybe one internship that's applicable to the area he wants to work in, but nothing um, tangible from job experience. Do you have any recommendations for either websites or other resources for new college graduates uh, trying to break into the workforce. Yep. So um, first off, it, uh, your son is graduating this May. Is that? That's correct. And um, you said he does health studies. Um, does the school he goes to have a career center of any kind? I'm sure it they does. Do. He's been, yeah, they do. And he's been there. It's uh, It's been somewhat limited in terms of being able to identify specific job opportunities. So here's the thing, and um, I'm glad you're bringing this up, Steve, because I think it's it's um, the expectation is that that career centers or or even like you know headhunters, all these people are are out there to identify jobs. And the interesting thing is they are really um, first off, career centers are there to help you put your tools together, so your resume, maybe a mock interview, maybe LinkedIn these days, um, and headhunters or people who place are there to actually find people, not job. So I get that um, online sites feel like the best place to go. But here's the deal. Um, Very few, not very few, I'll say at the level your your son is at, probably about half the jobs that are actually available are published online. And unfortunately, your son is competing with 100% of job seekers for those jobs. So, you know, regardless of his skills, or if he's had an internship or whatever, it's really difficult to stand out in those odds. So I know people like hate that idea of, of networking and you know sitting behind a computer feels so much more productive because there's an actual job and an application. But here's the deal. Um, maybe it's an actual job. You don't know. It could have been filled internally. It could be old. It could be, you know, the company could go through a hiring freeze. So you're not even sure if that 50% of jobs that are out there are real and actually hiring. So here's what I would recommend. Um, 
make sure he has a good resume, make sure his interview skills are up to snuff. And I think that's something that the the career center should be able to help with. And then I think what what needs to happen is your son needs to start talking to people. So you said he had an internship. Is there any opportunity, for example, for him to find a job where he had an internship? Steve? Uh, well, he goes to school away from where we live. I think he's looking for something a little more local, but he could maybe talk to similar type of, types of companies. Exactly. Yeah. So so maybe he talks to people he worked with and said, you know, hey, I'm looking for a job in another geo. Um, do you have any contacts? Because here's the thing. The world has shrunk with the Internet and with LinkedIn and with all of these websites. So, you know, it, it, people used to say, oh, I need to know somebody in, in L.A. or Boston or here. But not anymore, because guess what? Um you know people all over the country, probably all over the world. You know, Raymond knows people all over the world. And it's like you never know who's going to know somebody where you need to be. And I think that's the second level contacts are where the action's at. So if your son talks to people who were in his internship, I don't know if his summer jobs are related, but talk to people in the summer jobs. Talk to his, to his classmates. Maybe you have some some friends in different businesses. But I think first step is to identify, it sounds like he knows the geo he wants to be in. So in that geography, what are the businesses that would have the types of roles that he wants to do? And then start networking to find people in those companies. Because more often than not, if your son's a a sharp guy, motivated, ready to work, um, and he knocks on the door, I mean, they're going to want to try and find something, even if it's maybe a temporary job to start or, you know, maybe another paid internship to get your foot in the door, but you really do need to get your foot in the door. The online application thing is a black hole. Yes, people do get jobs off of it, but I'll tell you, it's a mystery to me still, and it's very ambiguous. Raymond. Frank, does he have a LinkedIn profile? He does not. Steve? Sorry. No. I, I would definitely recommend Steve getting getting him on LinkedIn because if he's done an internship, he could easily go in and just do search companies and and start connecting with people, some of your contacts, and just really start building his profile on LinkedIn. And he could leverage that to see, you know, as Don mentioned, those second-level connections and, and start networking that way. Um, I would actually recommend that for really any of the parents that are kids or graduating high school and or graduating college and going into the working world. That is definitely uh, the site that I would recommend being on for sure. Yeah, I'm going to echo that, um, and I'm just I'm going to make a pretty strong statement here. If if you're in a job search and you're not on LinkedIn, you do not exist. And I I I'm saying that because I care. Here's the thing. It's the first place that contacts are going to look. It's the first place that if you're applying to jobs, the hire is going to look. And their assumption is going to be if they can't find you, you're not serious about it or there's something to hide. And the fact is you need a profile, but you need a profile aligned with where you want to be and your brand. It needs to be complete. You need to have connections because, in my opinion, an unfinished or unupdated LinkedIn profiles like a you know messy yard it's just it's unkempt and people make an assumption about it so step one is work with that career center have your son work with that career center Steve get that LinkedIn get his resume up to date and start talking to people and the first thing they're going to do is go to his LinkedIn so I think that's definitely a great action step for him to take so thank you for giving us a call good luck to your son hey you're listening to career talk we're on Sirius XM channel 111 which is powered by the Wharton School and we're taking your calls all hour at 844 Wharton. That's 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're here with Raymond Lee, and we are going to our pre-break quiz. Quiz. There's a quiz. Okay, here it is. I had to do something in honor of St. Patrick's Day. So here's the pre-break quiz question. Couples were not permitted to do this in Ireland until 20 years ago. Couples were not permitted to do this in Ireland until 20 years ago. Think you know? Give us a call at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Career Talk on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Dr. Don Brand. Hey, welcome back. 
back to Career Talk, your career insider. We are on Sirius XM Channel 111, powered by the Wharton School. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we are here with Raymond Lee, who is the founder and CEO of Career Minds, which is a virtual outplacement company launched in 2008. Hey, where can people find you, Raymond? Well, if, if you want them to find you. Sure, I would start <laughs> I would actually start well, company's careerminds.com, but they can find me on LinkedIn, Raymond Lee, send me an invite. Personalized um, invite. Personalized invite, absolutely. Yes, we like those. All right, all right. Back back to the show. We're talking all things stealth under the radar, hidden market, and we're going to go to Louise in Virginia. Louise, welcome to Career Talk. How can we help you today? Hello. Hello. I'm fine. How are you today? I'm great, Louise. I'm great. Well, good. It's a cold day here in Virginia, but at least the sun's out. There so, you go. Uh, that's all positive. <laughs> There's always a silver lining, Louise. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm looking for some uh, opinions and ideas. Um, always good to get input. Yes. I'm 61. I've had a long, productive career in marketing with some very large companies like Fortune Magazine, um, Holiday and Worldwide. And after 9-11, I started my own consulting company. Uh, which has done well. It's kept it small on purpose, but I want to, I'm phasing uh, into a new area of developing workshops um, that I can uh, take out versus some more project work and doing workshops for medium-sized companies on brand messaging or to groups of entrepreneurs who would be interested in learning how to grow their um, businesses by uh, revisiting the root experience that they were developing when mm-hmm. they started their businesses. So I'm looking for ideas on how to get that out there. Um, obviously, networking is important. I've started meeting with other um, consultants that are involved with companies. Um, I live in a small town, Williamsburg, Virginia, but um, obviously have access to uh, travel and go. But I am looking for ideas on how to get out there. I've, yep. I've done some work in economic development, so um, getting out to all, you know, taking my message and honing it into that specific group and how they could use it. But I'm looking for some other ideas as well. Yeah. Well, thank you for giving us a call today, Louise. I think a lot of people have this question who are kind of moving from, you know, industry into kind of doing their own thing. Um, Luckily, being that you have a background in marketing, you probably have a a pretty big head start on people. But um, what would you recommend, Raymond? Well, first of all, I applaud the fact that you're looking to start a new business um, or getting into something different. We, from an outplacement standpoint, we we see a lot of people who we call it uh, re-careering, people that are coming out of the corporate world and trying to take what they've done in the corporate world and just making it their own. Um, first of all, I think coming up with what what is your mission? Like, what exactly are you trying to do uh, from a marketing perspective? And just really under, like understanding what your goal and, and exactly tell me just in a couple of what is that? Very short. I would say inspiring uh, women entrepreneurs to be successful. Um, okay, that is where that's where my sweet spot is. I'm an executive partner at the MBA school at Women. Yep. So um, I would say go to you know your local chamber and try to find associations where you can get in front of women entrepreneurs that are looking for help to launch their business and could use your service i mean that's that's where I'd start. Yeah, and I, I think one of the things is that many people who start their own business, um, they they kind of fall in love with whatever the product or service is, and so they don't realize that, yes, I'm going to have to do the, the legal stuff and the accounting stuff and the marketing, and they really don't want to do that piece of it. So you can be the savior, Louise. You can come in and say, look, I'm the person who helps you to spend 90% of your time on what you do best, whether that's a service or product, so I'm going to be taking care of all of the marketing. So so, I mean, I think I think that's something that a lot of people who kind of have their their own thing or have a small business are like, thank God, take this from me and and do it. But yeah, it's really about getting out there. And you mentioned that you you know you live in Williamsburg and it's small. Um, but here's the thing: we were just talking about this a few minutes ago that the world has become a a much smaller place in the sense that so many resources and ways to get to people are available online. And you know, really, the world is at your feet now for. free. 
free um, every day. You could join day. a LinkedIn group. I'm sure there's a, a women entrepreneurs LinkedIn group online yeah, that probably you can several. be a part of. Yeah. yeah probably several and they have thousands of members everywhere and they're they're connecting people and so i mean this is this is exactly um the time and place to do this so louise thank you so much for giving us a call on career talk best of luck with your business that is awesome we're taking your calls all hour at 844 wharton that's 844-942-7866 i'm your host dr don graham we're here with raymond lee all hour if it's thursday noon we are live so, okay, well, let's answer this pre-break question. Let's not keep people waiting on pins and needles. So, okay, couples were not permitted to do this in Ireland until 20 years ago. And I, 20 years ago, I, I have to go to Dion first because Dion had a streak of like three right answers in a row. It felt like forever ago, though. I'm actually <laughs> I'm changing my answer. Oh. Because, I, because the, the last time my answer had nothing to do with the show. And my answer today has nothing to do with the show, so I'm changing it oh, right, to something right, right. related to the show. Okay. That's probably still wrong. Yes. Um, I'm going to say <laughs> work for each other. <laughs> yes. It really doesn't have anything to do with the show, Dion. <laughs> See, I know, it should, though. <laughs> it should. It should. Well, don't worry. Don't worry, because I, I can't tell you that your other answer wasn't right either. <laughs> so Dion's wrong. So Dion's wrong, which means you're wrong, Raymond. No, mm-hmm. I was going to say kissing in public. Yeah. So... No. Oh, is that what he just said? I thought well, he said no, no. working for no, someone. No, his first answer. Oh, you missed his first answer. It was gotcha. PDA. Yeah, that was my first answer. Uh, that was dead wrong. So, yeah. So, all right, Michelle. It's on your shoulders. All right. Well, um, I'm going to steal our listener's answer. <laughs> By the way, are you Irish? Me? Yeah. Scottish. Oh, okay. Scottish. Because I wish the listeners could have seen your little Irish dance coming in from the break Yeah, I'm there. so glad they couldn't. I'm so <laughs> glad. We'll have to YouTube it. <laughs> well, since um, both of their answers were wrong, I'm going to steal. Stephen Connecticut called in with an answer prior to this, but he had to go. So I'm going to steal Steve's answer. Which was? They weren't able to divorce 20 that years ago. right. Steve, oh you should have hung on. We, we would have given you glorious prizes. Not really. But now but, I get it. But Michelle gets the glorious prizes. No, she doesn't. <laughs> no, she doesn't. We don't really have glorious prizes. But, but kudos. Yes, they were not allowed to divorce until 20 years ago. So we are expanding your Irish knowledge. And, you know, while we're on the topic, I have a couple more questions on this. All right, all right. Listen up, because this is going to be a contest. Raymond, Dion, and Michelle. Name the famous Irish actor who played James Bond. Who is it? Sean Connery wasn't Irish, right? Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Pierce Brosnan wasn't Irish, right? He was. Oh. He was. Uh, all right. <laughs> yeah. Learn he got that. two guesses. That's not fair. He did. But Dion always gets two guesses, though. <laughs> well, Steve, call me up. That, that, that's <laughs> Steve, all help us out. Call us back. <laughs> I need the answers. <laughs> so, all right. How many leaves does a shamrock have? Three. Do you guys agree? She, she jumped all over that. I'd she say yes. She did jump all yes. over that. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is true. Boom. Three, and it represents the <laughs> trinity. Um very different from a four-leaf clover, which is different altogether. And just a little bit of trivia, there are 10,000 three-leaf clovers for every four-leaf clover. Wow. So if you find one, it's it's a lucky day. All right. Almost 25% of people from what U.S. state are descended from Irish immigrants? Hmm. Boston. Hmm. Wait, that's not a state. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Can we get the X on that one, Dion? <laughs> we are, we're, we're, yeah. You want to YouTube something? That, that's Pennsylvania. Better. That's better than my dance. That's better. I do that all the time, Dion. I do. I do. I like, feel like Massachusetts was a good answer. <laughs> but okay, it's hot in here. Yeah, I know. If this, if this, if this were Jeopardy, you'd be wrong. But since it's not, you're right. It's Massachusetts. There we go. <laughs> well done. We'll give it to him. Well done. Well done. All right. Last question. Um, what happens when you kiss the Blarney Stone? What happens when you kiss the Blarney Stone? There's something happens. Something happens. <laughs> and, and, I, and I love this one. As an introvert, I love this one. So that's my hint for you guys. It gives you confidence. It's close, Dion. It's close. It gives you the gift of gab, and you're able to persuade people to do what you want. So how would we have ever guessed that? I don't know. I don't know. I just, I, I mean, I, maybe this is common knowledge for, for 
the Blarney, good old Blarney. The good old Blarney. Stone. <laughs> all right. Well, well, you will, you will now know from from here on out all of these fun facts. Love but, it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we digress, but let's get back to it, Raymond. We are talking about all things stealth in the job search. So, hey, if you're in a company and you are looking for a new job elsewhere or if you've always wanted to figure out how to get into that dang hidden market, where is it? I'll tell you where it's not. It is not online. You can give us a call at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. So let's talk about this hidden market because we did get a lot of callers who are talking about applying online and especially for their their kids who are graduating college and um, out there looking. I know this is a common thing because 15 years ago, you know, probably wasn't a bad way to get a job. But nowadays, each job that's posted, I mean, within... 10 minutes gets 200 applications. So even if you're stellar and you're a perfect match, chances are you're going to get lost in the mix. So how do people, what is this hidden market and how do people find it, Raymond? Well, Dawn, first of all, what you said was was key. Jobs that are posted online generally aren't aren't real jobs. And the hidden market, there's, it's considered not jobs. And the way to uncover them is going out and asking questions and figuring out what are the challenges that companies are facing today? And so uh, if you're in a job and you're wanting to make a switch and you don't want your boss to know that you're looking, the last thing you want to do is post your resume because your same company is probably out there looking for resumes. So you mm-hmm. don't you want to fly under the radar screen, but you want to start having a conversation about what your competitors are doing, what their challenges are. And once you do that, you're going to uncover the fact that they're interested in the way that you can help solve their problem. And so it's through the conversations and informational interviews that lead to opportunities. Mm-hmm. And they, I, I tell you what, I have found so many times that companies will create a job yep. when they get excited that you're speaking their language and you can help them solve a problem. And they're like, wow, we got to figure out how do we get this person in here? Yep. And that's the energy around untapping that hidden job market. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Hey, if you're listening and a company created a job for you, we want to hear from you, 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. But that is very true. Companies want great people. And if you're walking in the door and you're a great person, maybe not tomorrow they're going to create a job for you, but they're going to keep you in mind. And I think people need to understand, um, I pulled this stat, before posting a job, So before that job even gets out there online into Monster, Indeed, or any of these other sites, 72% of employers first look at internal resources. And that means referrals from their current employees. I mean, many companies have employee referral programs for specifically this reason. They don't want to post. They don't want to get 800 resumes and say, crap, I have to go through all these now. Um, they look at their own resume database. So maybe you interviewed for, for a job previously and you were you were number two, but they really liked you. And so they're like, hey, when something else opens up, we're going to keep you in mind. I mean, that does happen. And then they look in their own network. They, they put it out to you. I mean, think about it. That's how you would hire. If I had to hire somebody, the first thing I'm going to think about is who have I worked with that was stellar at whatever it is I'm hiring for. And I'm going to call them up. Hey, what are you doing? Interested? Want to talk? No? Okay, then I'm going to put it out to my network. So put it out there on LinkedIn. Hey, I'm hiring anybody interested in um, this job. You know, let me know. Send me good people. That doesn't work. All right, if I'm a company, I'm going to put it out internally, post it internally. Now, if you're networking and you don't work for that company, you're going to know about that job because your friends are going to come back and say, oh, my God, our company is hiring. You should totally apply. Um, now, if you're not networking, you're never going to know because you're out there on Monster and it's not on Monster. That doesn't work. Now I'm going to post it publicly on our company website. So if you're just going to Monster, you may miss it because it's only on our website. If that doesn't work, finally it gets to Monster. Now, let us let me ask you a question. And this is not backed by data, but it's kind of logical. What type it. of jobs are getting to that stage? So none of my contacts want them. None of my contacts' contacts want them. Nobody internally wants the job. Nobody you know, in, in our, who's coming to our company website wants a job. What kind of job is getting to Monster? Wow, that's a good question. It's yeah. not sales and marketing jobs. Not good ones. <laughs> yeah, I'm just exactly. going to say not good not, ones. Not, yeah, they're not good ones. <laughs> because right. if nobody's wanted it up to this point, you know, it, it, 
If it's a great job, well-paying job, an interesting job, guess what? The second it opens, people are going to start jumping on it. Right. Your network contacts, people in the company, internal employees. So um, the other thing that I think people don't recognize about online jobs, we talked about some of them are not real because they're either out there and they're you know like the old mayonnaise in your fridge. You forgot about it and left it out there. Um, done, filled, or the company puts it out there and decides they don't need to hire it to hire somebody for it or things of that nature but here's what's happening more and more and this i don't know why this burns me up raymond but it does so i companies have to go through some companies not all have to go through this process of interviewing other people even when they've identified an internal candidate so you know they this just happened to to a friend of mine flew down to North Carolina, you know, somebody with kids and a family had to get babysitter, flew down to North Carolina when the company had two internal candidates. And I mean, she's stellar, but there's really no way she was going to get this job because this was just them checking off a box. This drives me mad. That happens so often. And it, it happens both ways. It happens where they have an external candidate that they love. But they can't make an offer until they interview all the internal candidates that are interested. Mm -hmm. And the opposite is they have an internal candidate, but they're told, hey, you got to we have to do an external comparison and see what's out there in the market and to validate. But but to your point earlier, you Mm -hmm. said that the job postings that are out there, if you do see a job, don't apply to it right away. See if you go on LinkedIn and do a little bit of research. Mm And before you go in that stealth way, don't put your resume out there. Go and see if you know have any contacts at that company and make sure that um, that job is real and then see if there's a way mm-hmm. that you can get your resume sort of backdoor to the hiring manager. You'll have to apply at some point, right. but use your network and find out what in the world's going on there because you talked at the top of the hour about those red flags. You may not want to work there in the first place. Yes. Like you need to do your diligence. Yeah. Don't just throw your resume out there. I mean, maybe they're going through a merger. Maybe they're, you know, projects that, that you know, are going away. Budgets are changing. I mean, exactly. I mean, yeah. you don't want to get into a company that's kind of going downhill. The other thing is having an insider. I will tell you this. When I was a recruiter, if somebody brought a referral to me, I would at least give them the courtesy of a phone screen. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if they weren't a perfect match or thing. And you know what? Some of them turned out to be great. They weren't functionally a perfect match, but they were motivated and likable and excited about the company, had really good reasons for wanting to work there. And, you know, guess what? They made it to the next level. So networking is where it's at. I know that word. Like when people hear it, it's like nails on a chalkboard because it's ambiguous. But if you want the best jobs, the best jobs are not getting to monster.com and to indeed it's really that leftover jar of mayonnaise so um really really consider your strategy and go i'll with have the to remember that leftover they, jar of mayonnaise. i think what you're really gonna remember is that eight percent of people are looking for jobs in the bathroom on their cell phone right so <laughs> next time next time you use the restroom think about that so hey um happy saint patrick's day uh we are at the end of the show it goes so fast how can people reach you raymond uh, careerminds.com or find me on LinkedIn, Raymond Lee at CareerMinds. Raymond, thank you so much. It's awesome always being so here. fun. We love Hope having you, you in soon. the studio. Michelle and Dion, you guys are my rock, my Blarney Stone, and all of those other things. Thank you for making this such an awesome show. And, of course, to the listeners, um, we love, love doing this show, and that's all because of you. So, hey. You want more information, you can follow my blog, dawnoncareers.com. I send out a weekly email about all things job search and career related. Or you can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Dawn Graham. Or, of course, LinkedIn, but send a personalized email so I know where you found us. You've been listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM. We are powered by the Wharton School, and we are here every Thursday live at noon on Channel 111. And we will see you next time. <laughs>